Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Joining me now, the constructor and conductor at DKPittsburghSports.com. He is Serbian reactionary, Dayon Kovacevic. Dayon, what does the deal between ESPN and the NHL mean to you? I don't think it gets hockey on SportsCenter. I just think it gets the games on ESPN. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, if you look at the way SportsCenter has been structured, at least back when I was watching it on a regular basis, and it's been a while, um, you know, you'll see them favor very much the sports that they carry. And I guess, you know, in a business context, that makes sense. If Sports Center is their their main gateway to the public, that's going to be the way that they put that some of the, the priorities forward to the public. Uh, the hockey uh, angle, I think, that, that's, that, that's going to make the biggest difference is going to be on their, their Shoutfest shows and so forth. You know, if you can have somebody instead of saying, is LeBron better than, you know, than Michael, uh, if they're saying, you know, is Crosby better than McDavid or whatever or something like that, that's the kind of stuff that resonates uh, t- today. Uh, yeah, that's but, but that's I, the kind I, of dialogue, the discussions that people like to have. I agree, but uh, I don't think the, that's going to happen on ESPN. I don't think Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman are going to debate who the best hockey player is. No, nah, neither do I. And if they do, it'll be forced and phony, and people will see right through it, especially hockey fans, since they're so knowledgeable. Um, but you're going to have to have different people. And if I'm the NHL, you know, in, in addition to just taking the cash, you know, I would have looked for some kind of assurances on this front. Hey, can we get, you know, some of the some some you know good dialogue or debate shows and stuff like that onto any of your, you know, five million ESPN networks and other platforms? But I, you know, thinking about the way the NHL is run. I very seriously doubt that was done. These are the same guys that took a $50 million deal once from a, from an outdoor life fishing network and just ran with it without even thinking about it, which is what caused this problem in the first place. So I, I don't, I don't see it happening. I, the, to answer your question, I don't see much of an impact here. I think NBC's done a pretty decent job of broadcasting. Well, the game. And they're going to still be on NBC days on or, yeah. or whatever affiliate. This is going to be a multi-network platform. Yeah, but if all you do is you dig up the old, you know, the old theme song, and, and I see already that you know Gary Thorne and Bill Clement are trending, uh, you know, and have Barry Melrose on, whose best days were arguably eh, never. No, nah, no, nah, he's still pretty good, and he's a recognizable face. They got Butchagross, they got Levy, they got Linda Cohn, they got uh, Melrose. That's a pretty good crew. Yeah, it it is. I mean, for the most part, I I don't think it's what NBC's been able to build up, and and I I think that it's it's gonna they're gonna have to do more than that. I I really believe that for this to have some kind of significant impact. But again, 
I've also said for a long time that I wanted to see the NHL back on ESPN if the NHL made a massive mistake in ever abandoning ESPN. They should have taken whatever dollars ESPN was offering. Well, we'll see how it works out. I am very skeptical, and I sense that you are as well. I'm getting less skeptical about the Penguins, but you know when your goalie plays well and your three stars play well, you should win. Yeah, you should, but you also can be better. Uh, You also can do something significantly better. And as more time goes by here, watching this group improve, and like you said, in particular at the core level, um, and watching even a couple of guys that are, you know, not core guys, Kasperi Kapan and Jared McCann before he got hurt, uh, Jake scoring from long range last night, first time since the shoulder injury. Uh, those are the kinds of things that you want to see happen around this team to make you start believing in it, but more important than that, to make Ron Hexel and Brian Burke start believing in it. Um, you and I, I know we disagree on, on this part of it. I happen to think that they're going to do things this year. Not dramatic, not giving up draft picks, not giving up prospects, but to, to try to do something to improve this team. Mark, I, don't I don't think so. How. I do not think so. I think every trade they don't. make will be for the future. I, I, right, but you can say that, but then you and I are also watching that fourth line right now. It's garbage. It's absolute garbage. And I say that with respect to Anthony Angelo at least going well, out. What about it, when everybody's healthy and Jared McCann's on your fourth line? What if your fourth well, line is Jared McCann, Anthony Angelo, and Evan Rodriguez? Yeah, if it is, but when is everybody healthy? And when do we expect Jason Zucker back? Uh, it doesn't sound yeah, to me like that. Yeah, but you're dealing from the soon. standpoint that thinks this team's a contender even with the decent fourth line, and it's not. Well, you have to do that. No, you well, don't. You have to do that. No, yes, we do. Penguin, no, you don't. You're, they, you're the only they, person they've done it too long. that's completely and, writing this And I'll be off. the only one who's right. <laughs> okay. Well, you can laugh all you want. When's the last time they won a playoff series? It's been a while. The window closed while, in 2018. The window closed about the minute Kuznetsov scored. Mm-hmm. We're, we're talking about the managers of the team, not about fans, not about me, not about you. The managers of the team have a responsibility, and they've said so publicly. We'll see if they oh, yeah. follow through they've on it. They've also said that they've got to restock the system. They've also said that tough decisions will have to be made. You're just hearing what you want to hear. It's it's possible. It's possible. We don't know. There's no precedent with these guys. With uh, Jim Rutherford, we knew. I think I know in this case, too. Look at Hextall's track record. Now, uh, how has Malkin turned it around? Is it all happening? Does Rodriguez figure in? It seems like no matter who's on that left wing, from Zucker to McCann to Rodriguez, they've given a bit of a boost, and obviously Kapanen's done very well. Well, let's start with Gino, because if we're going to blame Gino when he's going bad, you're going to credit Gino when he's going good. Uh, he, I believe, entered the season with a conditioning issue, um, and it was going to take him a while to catch up. Uh, any professional athlete, actually any athlete in any sport at any level, will attest that it's so hard to catch up in season once games get started. Uh, You can't do the specific uh, exercises and stretching and everything else that you can do in the offseason and really push yourself. Uh, Gino is catching up, and you can see that in his skating and his stride, the boldness with the authority that he's showing uh, in going through the neutral zone in particular. Uh, Yeah, he fits with Kapanen. Um, you know, and I know nobody ever likes to say nice things about Evan Rodriguez because of a couple of games on the first line real early. What's in the weird about him is he's done better on the Malkin line than he's done on the fourth line. 
but he's done that. But he's he's been that way, and I think that's one of the reasons that Mike Sullivan has has continued insisting on him being a guy who can bounce up and down. It didn't work out so much with Sid, but even in practices, Mark, he looks really comfortable with top six guys. That's not to suggest that he's a top six guy, but he he makes other things happen for them. I don't want to make him sound like a right-handed Dominic Simone, but there's some elements of that uh, to his game. Plus, he can also jump in and help you out on a face-off if you get thrown out of the circle, which doesn't hurt, or if you need a right-handed draw. So that stuff's been... That that line has worked out. That said, I would caution against inflating that one breathtaking shift that they had. Yeah, at the end of the second. Overall. And part of me part of me doesn't like when they get a goal off that, even though it was a needed goal, because they, they had possession for a minute in the zone. They made a bunch of great passes, and it makes them think they can do it all the time. And instead of simplifying, they complicate based on that goal. Yeah, I mean, I, I counted them. There were 17 completed passes on that shift. 17, Mark. Uh, there were three attempted shots, one of which obviously was Kapanen's goal. Uh, you won't see something else. That's not going to be easily replicated. You know, I was calling them Krutov, Larionov, and Makarov after that. I mean, you're not going to see that. They overall did not have a, a particularly good game, um, and, and the numbers will support me on that. But it's, it's coming together for Gino, to answer your original question. Uh, it, it's getting there, and Gino alone really changes the discussion, doesn't he? Oh well, th- when all three of the big, the core three play well, and Jari's playing mm-hmm. great, I mean, I still want more consistency from Jari, and he didn't quite steal the game last night, but he was the biggest factor in the third period. One thing bothered me about the third period, though, I thought the Rangers wore down the Penguins, and the Penguins still want to play that speed game. But they did it last night against a much younger team, and it worked for 40 minutes, and I still wish they had a plan B. I, I wish they had yeah, one that was it, situational. Yeah, they, they don't, though. Um, you know, you see them whenever they forfeit possession in the attacking zone, how they'll do that thing where they kind of backtrack through the neutral zone and in that in that one two two alignment that just makes you cringe every time you see it happen for a Penguins team. But at the same time... Uh, they they got back into their own zone and they just kind of boxed in. And Mike Sullivan even said afterward he sounded a little bit defensive about it, saying, "Well, you know, we the shots that they were getting were you know mostly from the outside and from the perimeter. Uh, well, yeah, but play the game in the other end. You know, how about that too? It's it's not a very good hockey team and they don't have very good goaltending and they were missing their star player. Well, they're just not um, ever going to trap it up, no matter what the scoring situation. No, dictate. they're not any good at it. Well." They would if they tried and practiced and did it more often. But, uh, you know, the thing is, and that's why I don't see them as a legitimate contender, Dejan, they are going to succeed or fail the way they want to play. And that ain't them anymore. That's not 2016 or 17 anymore. We're talking to Dejan Kovacevic here on 105.9 X. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Uh, Teddy Bluger with a big shorthanded goal last night. 
Ryan Rush used to be an energy player, and now he gets points. He figured it out. Can Bluger do the same thing? Uh, I mean, Teddy also just went through a really big dry spell. I want to say he was eight or nine games without even a shot on goal. So I, I wouldn't take too far what he did last night. I love to play. It looked like a, a basketball. Oh, no, I don't think he's going to do game. that today or tomorrow. It took Rusty like, what, no. four years, but now he can be a point per game guy over the course of a season. He was last year. Yeah. No, I, I think you could see him. Uh, the, the best parallel, and, and this is a big compliment that anybody could pay anyone in, a, in hockey that I would compare him to would be a Matt Cullen. He could, he could make a living doing this for a very, very long time. Uh, Matt Cullen was putting up points in the occasional goal right to the very end. Uh, I think Teddy can be that guy. If he's a third-line guy or if he's a fourth-line guy, and you can argue that the Bluger, Tanev, uh, Aston Reese line on a contender would be your fourth line, and you'd go and find a third line you know, that's legit and that can score. Because uh, I always hear everybody talking. And well, I you just, just want to make a bunch of trades to try to win now, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's foolish. Um, but I'm saying, okay. like in fantasy land, that's what you'd have. You'd you'd get yourself a third line, uh, you know, that's a legit scoring line. You know, the, again, the, the the prototypical HBK comparison here. Yeah, that's uh, easy and those to guys assemble. Will be your fourth line. Uh, but no, Bluger's Bluger's got uh, Mark. Nobody outworks his kid. Oh, I know. I mean, he spent. I know. Four years. You know, I don't know how many people realize this. He spent four years and change in the minors. You know what happens to you in hockey when you spend four years in the minors? You're toast, man. You know, you got to get used to Lehigh Valley for the rest of your life. Uh, well, he came that, from Latvia, so it wouldn't be that bad by comparison. Uh, now you're going to Buffalo. They're the worst team in the league. They've lost eight straight. Eichel's out. you got to win both games. I, I hate to make it seem like these games are dramatically important, but I think they will be a harbinger of where this team is at exactly because – it's always been a trademark of this team that they don't play as well as they should in situations like this against lesser teams. Amazing. Want to hear an amazing stat? The Islanders, the Capitals, and the Bruins are a combined 14-2-1 against Buffalo. 14-1-1. I'm sorry. 14-1-1 against Buffalo. So all you have to do, if you're Mike Sullivan and the coaching staff, uh, tomorrow morning at the skate at Key Bank Centers, put that number up. Because all you're thinking about now isn't should we, you know, can we beat the Sabres? Can we take all four points or whatever? The urgency, the urgency is to keep up with the Joneses here. That's it. Because those teams already made their hay against Buffalo. And if you're Pittsburgh, you've got to do the same thing. This race will not let up. It just won't. You're going to see these, the, the teams that I just mentioned, uh, as well as Philadelphia beating up on each other, going back and forth, exchanging multiple points, including loser points, and the pack is going to stay tight the whole way. You cannot let points go against Buffalo and or New Jersey. You, that doesn't mean you're going to run the table. Nobody does that. Uh, it's an impractical thing. Uh, but you don't want to go there like tomorrow. You know, right. Well, no. Right off the bat, I said, have a lousy performance. I said they play 16 games against Buffalo and New Jersey. That's 32 mm -hmm. points. I think if they get 26 or 27 out of those 32 points, they make the playoffs if they just tread water in the rest of the games. And that's a lot. I mean, you know that's a lot. They stink. Um, those, especially they, Buffalo. They, uh, Buffalo. They should beat I mean, Buffalo eight straight. Less than, New Jersey stinks less than Buffalo does. I mean, New Jersey just went into Boston and won. Uh, the, you know, the Devils have some players. The Devils have some potential. And the Devils actually, more importantly, have goaltending. 
They actually have pretty good goaltending. The Sabres have nothing of the kind. The Sabres are the team that if you're looking for a, you know, a clean all the way across the board, take every point, I'd look at the Sabres more than the Devils. Well, what's amazing about the standings in the East, whenever you look, you give it like, you know, three or four days between looks. Whoever played Buffalo and New Jersey most recently is on top. Look at the Islanders. They won four straight against those two teams, and now they're in first place. What's your take on the Islanders, Bruins, and Flyers? Washington's about where I figured they would be. Islanders a little higher, Philly, and Boston a little lower. Boston's the one that really confounds me, although Mike Rupp, who was on earlier, picks them to not make the playoffs and did so before the season started. Philadelphia I get because Carter Hart has been very disappointing. Yeah, I, I was going to say the one thing that you can, if you stripped this argument down, you could take it all down to goaltending. I, I'm surprised Rupper said that. I respect his viewpoint, but Boston's got the best goaltending in the division. They've got and the I only be really a, good goaltending in the division. Yeah, yeah, on a consistent basis. I mean, you can look at what Pittsburgh's done in the last three weeks, but that's just three weeks. Uh, Tristan Jari playing at this level is playing better than anybody in the division, but he's got to do that for more than three weeks. Uh, I look at, at Boston as having goaltending that's above and beyond. Carter Hart, again, Mark, last night against the Sabres. I mean, he was just leaking in everything, and, and he and he had to get yanked. They have to bring in Brian Elliott to bail him out. Uh, Washington, no one knows about their goaltending. They don't know about their goaltending. Uh, the Islanders, I don't trust Semyon Varlamov. Uh, it's not necessarily a popular view. Uh, I just don't see, you know, tell me what's the one thing he's ever won. What's the one thing where you've looked at Varlamov and said, oh, yeah, he's the guy. Uh, I don't see it. Uh, the Rangers are pretty much out of this. Who else are we missing? Uh, you know, it's, it's, Washington, me, and they're right it, about it, where I thought they would be. Yeah, it's, it's, this is going to break down to goaltending. It just is. I, I, I believed that from the beginning, that that was going to be the separator in the East Division. Uh, all these teams have guys who can score. All these teams have some component of grit and whatever else here. It's going to come down to who stops the pocket. Well, Dejan, uh, thank you as always for making your appearance. I just want to warn you for next week. NFL free agency starts at 4 p.m., right? One week from today. That's right. Yeah. And by this time, 5.40, oh, no. whatever, I would expect oh, that no. Juju Smith-Schuster is with another team. <laughs> So it's going to be oh, time no. to party down, Dejan. Are you ready to party oh, no. down? <laughs> oh, my. And by that point, we're already beyond a Chase Claypool, right? Oh, no, I'm already on to him. Believe me, you should all be <laughs> on to him uh, because Juju's a dummy. Chase Claypool's a dink. But Dejan, like Glenn Fry once said, it's going to be party time. It's time to party down. You know, we love the oh, ball. My. We do it in the halls right here at party time. That's Dejan. I'm Madden.